Just how good is the Mariners' rotation? I checked in with Alex Fast at PitcherList.com to get his thoughts. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, March 9th, 2023. This is Titan Gonzalez for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, Alex Vast of PitcherList.com joins me to talk about the Mariners' rotation. We get into Logan Gilbert's new splitter, the differences between Cincinnati Luis Castillo and Seattle Luis Castillo Robbie Ray's first season with the Mariners and of course George Kirby I think you'll like what Alex has to say about him be sure to stick around until the end of the show I'm giving away two main level tickets to one of the Mariners value games in April or May I'll tell you how you can win those but let's check in with Alex fast and talk some Mariners pitching joining me now on the locked on Mariners podcast is the VP of one of my personal favorite baseball resources on the internet it's called pitcherlist.com check it out if you haven't his name is Alex Fast, and he's here to talk about this exciting Mariners pitching staff. Alex, first, thank you for hopping on. I guess we'll we'll start there with a with a very broad question. Just how do you view Seattle's staff and particularly its rotation relative to the rest of the league right now? Um, well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. If, if there's one team that I'm excited to come talk about their rotations, the Seattle Mariners, I think there's there's a lot to be excited about. And I, as an Orioles fan, I empathize with any organization that is really starting to put it together. You know what I mean? Like seeing them in the playoffs last year obviously didn't end the way that people wanted it to. But like, man, what what an exciting team and fan base to be a part of right now. So I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for that. Um yeah. My, what was the question? <laughs> was about me. So the All thoughts good. on the rotation? All good. Hey, I'm equally as excited to have you on the show as well. Um, so yeah, the question was generally like, how do you view this team, um, or this pitching staff, and and particularly the rotation relative to the rest yeah. of the league? Like, where do they rank in the overall hierarchy of Major League Baseball rotations right now? I think they're. Uh, I can't believe I forgot the question. I've never done that. I was just so excited looking at the, the so roster resource page. We're so yeah, stuck. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it, dude. Um, I, I think it has honestly the potential to be a top ten rotation in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much upside. Um, well, <laughs> there's so much upside one through four. I don't want to dig on Marco Gonzalez because he, he's a very good standby, but I think mm-hmm. he's kind of number five in that rotation for a reason. There's obviously a lot of great talent in the minors for you guys, um, you know, with the ability to even have Chris Flexen come and be a number five there. But overall, the <clears throat> excuse me, the one through four, I believe could could arguably like there's that's a lot of depth there, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of depth when like theoretically your one through four could any of them could ostensibly be an SP one or have been aside, maybe Logan Gilbert, right? Like I'm mm. a firm believer in George Kirby and we'll get to him momentarily. Robbie mm. Ray can be an SP one, right? Don't think he will be, but has that potential upside. Luis Castillo has been and can be a continuous SP one for that team. So when you're dealing with so many potential guys like that, so late into your rotation, that's, that's dangerous, man. That's really good. That's really exciting to watch. So yeah, I think there's a lot of really good depth in that rotation. I'm excited to watch it work. One of the reasons I wanted to get you on here was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I saw you quote tweet that video of, of Logan Gilbert working on his new splitter. Mm-hmm. You seem pretty excited about it. So 
if that pitch proves to be a viable option in major league games this year what do you think that does for gilbert moving forward yeah i mean gilbert's a very exciting pitcher and i, I always like to caveat by like I, I made like a little meme this year of uh bart simpson drawing on the chalkboard that said essentially <laughs> like i will not fall for new pitch types like i just right, will not right. fall for new pitch types because here's the thing about new pitch types Spring training is a very exciting time for every single fan base, right? Because hope right. springs eternal and we're building off something. And when we see a new pitch that's incorporated into an arsenal, we think about all the juicy upside that's there. And we see it in spring training games and we look at the spring training data and we say, oh my God, he's throwing it 30% of the time. Can you imagine what would happen if Logan Gilbert threw a splitter 30% of the time? Hmm. The thing that people, myself included, need to pump the brakes on is they're throwing it that much in spring training for a reason. And that's because it's a new pitch and they're trying to see if they want to incorporate it into their arsenal, right? Seeing how it plays hmm. off the other pitches, seeing how it plays, you know, getting real-time feedback from batters what can often be the case i find is they'll come into a game that that matters and they'll throw it and it'll get hit and they'll be like nope never mind you know like they will very quickly go back to the security blankets that were there now that's not always the case lance mccullers jr is a perfect example lance mccullers jr debuted a, a, a slider and was like hey you know what i'm going to this pitch more so than often so mm -hmm. i did want to provide that caveat with that said Giving him a pitch that plays off of what is arguably, unarguably really, his best pitch in his four-seamer in that way is very, very exciting, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, I, I made that overlay that I tweeted, and you get to see the, the the capabilities of it, right? You get to see what happens when you have a pitch that's kind of going down and away, and mm -hmm. you can see that there's a lot of swing and miss there. You can see that it tunnels very effectively with the four-seamer. So... On the one hand, if I'm being a practical baseball fan, I'm taking a step back and saying, okay, great. Maybe this is a new third option that he could throw to get more swings and misses um, and and increase his uh, his K rate, maybe jump it up to 24, 25%, like we saw on that smaller sample in 2021. Uh, but I'm also saying, okay, maybe he doesn't really throw it at all. And then on the other side, I'm saying, maybe this is, maybe he's a four-seam splitter guy. So at the end of the day, it's an exciting new pitch for him, and I'm excited to see how he actually incorporates it into the arsenal. The splitter has apparently been, become a popular pitch to learn this winter, not just Gilbert, but a few other Mariners like Robbie Ray and even some other guys you know, outside of Seattle. Do you, do you think there's anything more to that? Because it doesn't seem like just a coincidence to me. No, I don't think it's a coincidence either. I mean, I think some of the dudes are... Uh, I don't know if it's we know it is with with Logan where it's like a, a driveline thing um, mm -hmm. and maybe you know these guys are going and they're finding that that is the pitch that helps them unlock the other you know it, it helps them play to their strengths and unlocks other things in their arsenal anecdotally I, I don't know I, truly let me underline the word anecdotally pitchers get together and talk right like they're mm -hmm. like hey show me that new grip that you learned like oh i'm gonna give that a shot um sometimes it's led by a front office i think we saw that last year in new york when all of a sudden these dudes were throwing cutters left and right like tyon was throwing a cutter cortez was throwing more of a cutter cole was throwing a cutter so i think we've seen Cutter's that been a big thing in seattle too yeah yeah cutter and i know the sweeper too right it feel like it felt like everyone at, at some point in the bullpen was like throwing some version of a sweeper um, so I think that was kind of big there too. I don't know if it's necessarily that one pitch type in particular, um, but I, you know, I imagine just like with Logan, there are opportunities for pitchers like Ray, who's another great example where it just could be something that standalone is good, but also, you know, kind of like a rising tide lifts all ships kind of thing in terms of the arsenal. Right. I want to talk about George Kirby. You mentioned him earlier yeah. because 
Dude, I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy, even this year, especially after what he did against the Astros in that playoff game. Mm-hmm. When you have that kind of elite command with that kind of repertoire, I mean, that's just this is different. So how do you see his 2023 going? Oh, baby, I'm with you. Sky's the limit. Very excited. Um, I find, you know, obviously during the offseason, you spend a lot of time researching, you know, making your plans for, if you know, in my shoes, what your top 100 is going to look like. And I felt like every time I was Googling a stat or savanting a stat, uh, Kirby always showed up. He just like always showed up in like the top 10 of something. He was looking at my notes over here. I always want to caveat that. Like when I look over here, I'm looking at notes. I feel like such a jerk, just like not looking at the person I'm talking to. I'm just so anxious that I have to say that. Okay, Um, giving people the real insight into my character. I like like that you came prepared. You you got numbers. You 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 got it all. Yeah, I I do it all for you, Ty. I I I die for you. You know what I mean? I just met you. But that's what it is. I see the I see the PlayStation thing over your top there, right there hand shoulder, go. and there I'm with you. Yeah. So here are some of the ways in which he appeared. One of four, one of four pitchers with five pitches, five with a pitching plus grade over 100. Pitching plus being in you know you know Saris and uh, uh, some others contributed to that metric. Uh, but mm-hmm. pitching plus, you, the higher the better. One of four pitchers with five pitches over uh, uh, over 100. Fifth on four seam in zone swinging strike readers. Uh, leaders love that stat, right? If you're mm. going to put a four seamer in the zone and you're going to get swings and misses, what more can you ask for, right? You can locate it for a called strike and you're still going to get a whiff. So the fact that he's fifth on four seam in zone swinging strike, great. Fourth on a list of pitchers that batters were most aggressive against, which I also love, right? Because mm. he played against that aggression. They said, you know what? I'm going to sit fastball and I'm going to knock it out of the park. And what do they do? They swing and miss. And they can't mm. knock it out of the park because. He had the lowest WOBA on hard-hit four-seam fly balls. That is exact, almost zero. I think he had one in the second half, That's right? Insane. It's, it's insane. I mean, obviously, that park is going to help. Yeah. But for people who are listening, being like, great, another nerd who's talking about esoteric stats that I don't care about. All I'm saying is he does not give up hard-hit fly balls. You don't, you don't want hard-hit fly balls. Yeah. Those are what yeah. home runs are. He mitigates that. He doesn't do it. And that's in what his freshman year doing this, his rookie year, whatever rookie sophomore year doing this. I love it. I'm all about it. I'm excited to see how he grows in the next year. Yeah, that's the first 130 innings of his career, and that's a unbelievable. Like that's, that's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. We're going to be doing predictions here in a couple of weeks, uh, including league wide predictions. George Kirby and Cy Young might go together here. In, why not in the next couple of weeks because i i just i'm so stoked and the more that i think about it and the more that i think about that start against the astros in seattle i just i can't help myself i really yeah. can't more from my conversation with alex fast in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by fanduel the midway point of the nba season is here and now is the perfect time to download fanduel america's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the fanduel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use plus fanduel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so don't don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash L O C K E D O N to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Want to see the 2023 Mariners up close and personal? 
I'm giving away two main level tickets to one of the Mariners value games in either April or May. The game is up for you to decide if you win. Eligible series for this giveaway are the ones with the Angels and Brewers in April and the Rangers and A's in May. All you have to do to enter is subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave a comment on any of our episodes from this week. We will randomly pick a video and a comment from that video to determine a winner next week. Good luck and go M's. Alex Bass of PitcherList.com is here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Alex, how do you assess Robbie Ray's 2022 season? Because obviously there was a, a slow start and then some incredibly rough moments in the postseason, but he was also, you know, 10th in Ks per nine, 20th in XFIP. Like, you know, he's proven in the past he can be one of the baddest dudes on the planet, and we saw that in flashes last year, but just not over a consistent stretch. And we get a lot of comments about him on our shows and you know, frankly, just some Mariners fans have already grown impatient with him. Obviously, he's you know, the biggest free agent signing Jerry Depoto has made since coming to Seattle. So naturally, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny there than most. I understand that. But would you say his struggles have been a bit overblown? Um, Overblown. I mean, yes, solely because we as baseball fans can be so reactionary, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had a... a so uh, not I had a very good conversation with Paul Seawald. We were fortunate not to have a conversation with him uh, at PitcherList for our, this thing that we do called PitchCon, which is a fundraiser that we did for ALS. Um, not not to plug our own stuff, but he was no, like, uh, "Go ahead, plug, okay. all, plug away, plug away." <laughs> do you have a minute to talk about one of the best baseball websites out there? Um, so uh, he he talked about just the you know one of the things that he really opened up was just about like we're human beings right and the kind of death threats that he receives after he blows particular things and it's like i always want to like bring that up on podcasts to be like they're human beings chill out the last thing they want to do is go out and blow a game in front of sixty thousand people and everyone watching on tv like trust me that's not their plan (laughs) it's it's really not their plan to do it yeah yeah um yeah yeah so when it came to ray like I understand why there can be some concern because there's concern on my end too about mm-hmm. what that ceiling looks like and if he can achieve that again. We saw the walk rate jump up, right? We we saw the sinker get some whiffs, but we saw it get hit hard, right? 406 Woba mm-hmm. last year is really way above league average, right? Not a lot of hard contacts, but um, not great to see. Michael Ahedo, uh, who's uh, I'm sure you know, who's a fantastic writer for baseball prospectus huge mariners fan um made a really good point in his baseball prospectus article uh i think it was this year he was missing locations and if you're going to miss your locations velocity 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 is going to make up for that right but the velocity dropped right and i don't know what happened there i haven't seen have you seen what his spring below has been i was trying to find it before this and i couldn't really find anything pertinent no and part of the issue with that is like root sports has been barely uh, broadcasting any of the games so it's been very difficult to even just get eyes on the mariners this spring so sure. far so why would a fan yeah. base with a bunch of young people want to watch their favorite team in spring? especially like, why when, would they want that especially when you own the network as the team but Bye. all right we're not gonna yeah, get into a, that so yeah it's a whole thing Um, but that's a that's a very good point and until i see that that velo has returned i don't see like a cy young season repeat i don't see something really Mm. close to that robbie is still a very good pitcher he he doesn't need to have that to be extremely dominant but if he's going to express that upside i really would like to see that velocity back and that's why too when i see the splitter i'm like that's a fun that's a fun new toy like maybe it's maybe get you some more whiffs here and there but like velo is important for that game the last thing i'll say about him too is like 
that 93, 94 mile an hour threshold for four seamers is so important. It's theoretically mm-hmm. when you see the largest difference in performance from a pitching perspective or from a hitting perspective, I should say, where you see like real impactful change start to happen. I thought maybe that would creep up to 94, 95 with, with the way that Velo's going in the game right now, but it still seems like 93, 94 is that really important mark. So him kind of dancing back and forth between there is is not great to see. But if you can find that Velo again, I think he can return to his success. What have you seen out of Luis Castillo going from Cincinnati to Seattle? So so the Mariners iteration of Castillo, because I don't think we've seen the best out of that changeup thus far. Okay, so that's a great point. Um, what I've seen is a shift to a fly ball pitcher. What I've seen mm-hmm. is like a crazy renaissance for a pitcher that you don't really get to see that often, and it speaks to Castillo's ability to pitch. Mm-hmm. As you very aptly mentioned in, in, in Cincinnati, change up all the time, right? Dominant change up, gifable change up, pitching ninja change up, right? Mm-hmm. Then again, not to keep plugging ahead of his work, but wrote a great article about how maybe the feel for that pitch is starting to go away, right? Um, that would concern me a lot if the slider wasn't as dominant as it was. I It wouldn't surprise me to look at his stat line this year and see a low three ERA led by a lot of fly balls that are not leaving the yard and a four seam slider approach with a few changeups mixed in. Mm. He doesn't need it really anymore, which is so you cannot say that about many pitchers that they don't need what was previously their best pitch. I don't know if we could say it's definitively gone. That changeup will be there, but Mm. it's important to remember that all of these pitches are contextual, right? You don't add a cutter without impacting your four seamer right? You don't make changes or benefit your slider maybe without in some way impacting your changeup. The correlation between force and cutter, obviously a little bit more linked than it would be between slider and, and changeup, but still it's all contextualized. So while the changeup might not be the whiff pitch that it once was, the gains that he has made with the slider make me think, man, that he, he could be really good in, in Seattle this year. Fantasy baseball is obviously a big part of what you do over at PitcherList. So out of all the guys we've talked about, who has the highest fantasy upside this year? Is it just as simple as Castillo, or do you actually really like a Kirby or maybe even a Ray or Gilbert more from this perspective? I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a Locked On Mariners exclusive. Because uh, my, 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 when, did, when does this podcast come out? Does it come out actually today it's, or in a day? Yeah, or it's coming out literally today. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Good. Like an hour or two after <laughs> after this. So, yeah. That's very funny. Okay. So uh, later on today, I'll be talking with Nick about my top 100, which comes out tomorrow. The, the first oh, podcast sweet. will come out today. So uh, Luis Castillo is my 12th overall pitcher. So I think he will mm. have the highest fantasy impact, but not far behind him in the high, high, high 20s is George Kirby. Um, so I, I would say that Castillo, I believe in the most overall, if I were a betting man about who would be the most impactful fantasy pitcher in the upcoming season, but almost just as pertinent is George Kirby might not be too far behind him. Nice. Locked on Mariners world premiere right there for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so of course, the most uh, boring uh, world premiere ever. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Flam, 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 flam. <laughs> Luis, <laughs> Luis Castillo is 12th on, on Alex Fast's rankings. Like <laughs> uh, so, of, of course, you know, a big discussion in baseball right now is the uh, the pitch clock. And and I'm sure you've talked about it ad nauseum at this point. So I'm, I'm not going to linger on it for too long. But I am curious to hear your thoughts on how you think 
you know, pitcher and team strategies might develop over time? And what kind of loopholes do you think might be exploited as everyone grows more comfortable working within it? God, I, I loved watching Max Scherzer do this, but I also hated it because Max Scherzer reminded me of the guys who are in my home fantasy league who read our home constitution and then find whatever way to manipulate what they're doing to like, sh they like game the system to the best of their ability. And mm. as a, as a fantasy league commissioner, I hate it, but as watching Max Scherzer do it, it cracks me up. So kind of what I'm referring to is he's been sort of gamifying it a bit or, or trying to see where he can push the boundaries where like mm -hmm. he knows that a batter has just stepped out uh, because he gets his one timeout per at bat, but he doesn't have to do anything. He can stay ready. So as soon as the pitch, the batter, you know, gets back in the box, he can pitch. Right. Um, that cracks me up, but I also think that it's like one of those, frustrating exploitations of the rule these rules i genuinely believe are mated with the best of intent I, I firmly believe that like i think they are trying to benefit the game we could talk about whether it's good or bad but i do believe is an attempt by the commissioner's office to be like we know what the numbers look like and we got to get this 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 back up you know what i mean we got to get the pace of play going we got to get that um if we're going to attract a younger audience blah 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 we, we got to figure this out um so i will say this i like the notion of it i do like that it increases the pace of the game there's a big difference between watching the spring training games and watching the wbc and being like oh wow yeah um i do get frustrated by some of the smaller things about like the the batter being alert right mm -hmm. to me i saw a great counterpoint yesterday where it's like well why does the batter need to be alert at eight seconds like the pitcher could throw the ball whenever Right. Mm. It, like it, it, we don't need to do that eight second thing. I also think that early example, which I think was, was the league's worst nightmare of seeing a game end on that yeah. was was super frustrating. I think there are way I would hope that the league learns from it and says, OK, we tried it. It works. Here are the small tweaks that we're going to make mm. like that. Yeah. I would before really opening like. day. Yeah. Either before opening day or even if they give it like, at, at, like I don't think it's something that you could. Um, would be too impactful if you changed it even before the all-star game or anything like that right. it seems malleable enough that they can make adjustments quick the adjustments that i think that they should make are like actually we don't need it in the ninth inning like i think that's fine i think it's okay to like take your time in the ninth inning yeah um, i think high leverage innings in general like seven eight nine yeah. would be like let's just go just normal baseball we talked about this uh, my co-host and i a couple weeks ago and uh and that's kind of what we landed on same thing with like the automatic runner thing like Let's just do normal extra inning rules for like the first couple innings and Dude. then like all all about it. Yeah, if we get to like the twelfth, thirteenth, whatever, all right, sure, put the automatic runner on. Fine. Start it on the twelfth. I'm with you. Start yeah. it at the twelfth, give them two innings of, of quote unquote real baseball. Because the whole point is like we don't want to like get into the pen and exhaust these guys, and I get that. Although I was talking mm -hmm. to a pitcher who made a good point who was like, Man, for minor leaguers, that sucks because they right. loved those games because they're like, I'm coming up. They they just had an 18 inning game yesterday. I'm coming up to pitch in the big leagues. Obviously a small use case, but like yeah, bring it in the 12th. I'm all about that. Right. Before you go, I want to ask you about the um <clears throat> the team that the the Mariners are chasing, the defending champion Astros. First, yeah. You know, from from the outside looking in, how much do you think the gap has closed between these two teams just with the the departure of Justin Verlander and the injury to Lance McCullers and and secondly, what should expectations be for Hunter Brown in his first year in Houston's rotation? Ooh. Wow. I didn't even know you were allowed to talk this in depth about the Astros on a Mariners podcast. Oh, um, yeah. We're, we're doing we're doing uh, AOS, uh, you know, previews and all this stuff uh, the next week or so. Yeah, we're, we're doing it all. We're covering all the bases. 
do I need to get in like a like a dunk to solidify myself with the fan base on the Astros? Or is okay? Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, go for it. I, w- I would love that. I, I could right, say right. that. Let's talk about these losers. Um, yeah, I, listen. Uh, um, anytime you're going to lose a pitcher of, of Justin Verlander's caliber um, and not make up for it with another bona fide Hall of Fame ace, you're going to take right. a step back, right? Mm. One of the things that is so incredibly impressive to me about Houston is that unlike, I believe, any other team in baseball, if you go to their roster resource page right now and you go to their rotation and you look at original signing info, you'll see which team originally signed that pitcher, right? All five of them, entire rotation, signed and developed by the Houston Astros. Mm -hmm. That's remarkable. Mm -hmm. Like that is absolutely remarkable and almost unprecedented to see a full rotation with a competitive team, right? We're not talking about like the Pittsburgh Pirates who said, yeah, we're just going to call up a bunch of schlubs from the minor leagues and see what we got. We're talking about a a World Series champ, perennial World Series contender, and they have all in-house developed talent. So while people may look at it and go, what is a Jose or Keedy again? Like, like why, 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 why a casual fan might look at what is Hunter Brown? Uh, I wouldn't sleep on him because Christian Javier could be another Cy Young contendent. Framber Valdez, you know, an insane amount of quality starts last year. Luis Garcia and Jose Arquiti, a little bit of warts for sure, but great high-end talent. Hunter Brown, as you mentioned, and on him, just a fantastic four-seamer, right? Uh, I don't know what his full season is going to look like, obviously, because we, you know, there have been some conversations about, um, I don't know if it was Brandon Bilak or another starting yeah it might have been Bilak there oh Brian Garcia they were like thinking about maybe stretching out Brian Garcia I think um Lance McCullers is not out for the year but Brown is going to get some appearances and the four seam curveball combination is very very good the command probably going to take a step back but that's a lot of fun upside from a young dude who's slotting in at your number five so where do you think the the Mariners are right now in comparison to the Astros? I, I still think that there's a, a fairly clear divide, but I do feel that the gap has closed because, you know, I'm the high man on, on what the Mariners have done this offseason. Obviously, I think that they still needed to add another bat on top of yeah. what they, they did with Wong and, and Teoscar, but I think that they got better. I mean, second base was a black hole for them. They got better there. They didn't necessarily go out and get the big free agent, right? But Colton Wong's an upgrade there. Tay Oscar gives you more dependability in a, than Mitch Hanniger, and obviously, you know, at his hundred percentile, he's a you know fringe MVP candidate. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, you're getting a full season out of George Kirby and Luis Castillo and and Cal Raleigh, who's now good. You know, so you know, and and obviously the Astros have you know they brought back Michael Brantley. They added mm-hmm. Jose Abreu, mm-hmm. but again, they lost a Hall of Fame, surefire, you know, ace. So mm-hmm. what do you what do you think uh, I'll say about those two teams right now? If I, uh, let's break it down strategically. We'll talk about bullpen and rotation and offense. And mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know if I can speak to defense as well. I can do a quick look. But um, uh, bullpen I'll give to, to Seattle. I think it could be a top bullpen in baseball. Um, rotation, I think is super close, but I might edge out to Seattle just because there's a little more surety there. Wouldn't surprise me if that gap was actually closer than people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, offense, I think is pretty handedly Houston, right? I mean, it's, it's even just Jordan Alvarez alone, right? If he's healthy, 
His hand's fine. He's maybe the best pure hitter in, in all of baseball. So did the gap close? Yes, I think it did close. Um, mm-hmm. Do I still give the advantage to Houston with that offense? I think overall uh, I do. Um, yeah, I think the, the AL West is still theirs to win, but it's mm-hmm. a perfect time for there to be a more balanced schedule, right? Because mm-hmm. Those teams aren't just going to be beaten up on one another anymore uh, between Houston and, and Seattle, right? It's not just about, you know, oh, well, Houston took a bunch of the series from us, and that's super frustrating. Um, it's not that anymore. I will say, though, love a good rivalry, and I think with the way that the playoffs went, right, it's it, it's even hotter than ever, right? It's even <laughs> another great sound clip from Alex Fast. It's even hotter than ever. Um, <laughs> dang it. Uh, we're, but we're, we're, I'm going to be clipping that, posting that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be the tagline for the for the whole episode. It's hotter than what ever. What does Alex Fast think is hotter than ever? <laughs> it's going to be a YouTube It's going to be a YouTube short. <laughs> it's going on our TikTok. Your mess. People are like, yeah, I was excited to hear Alex Fast on the pod, and then I listened to it and unfollowed. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to watch them compete this year. The gap is closer. AOS is still Houston's to lose, in my opinion, but Seattle can be right behind them. Well, Alex, thank you again for chatting with me today. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, like I told you off air, big fan of what you and, and Nick Pollock do over at uh, Pitcher List. Uh, it's great stuff. Anyone that hasn't checked out Pitcher List, check it out. It's a great resource. Um, tell us what you got going on. Any anything you want to plug? You know, obviously Pitcher List, but you got anything else going on as well? Yeah, big big week. I'm launching my top 100 fantasy starting pitchers today, which is great. And then been doing a very interesting study uh, that I'm talking to as many people about as possible uh, about uh, the impacts of finger pressure on baseball. I was partnered mm. with Driveline to do a study. Spoke at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference about it. So really excited about that. Hopefully, can have an article coming out in the coming weeks about some of the findings. Um, but yeah, I think there's a big opportunity there. So excited to talk to any and all about it. But yeah, man, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. That was uh, it was great, and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing that project that you're working on. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Alex Fast for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. That's going to do it for our show, and thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. I've been your host, Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And my co-host, Colby, at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Lockdown Mariners as well. That's one word, Lockdown Mariners. And you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.